Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know generating income from our expertise is pretty easy. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me here every week to make sure you are building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. Before we get started though, one little disclaimer, because I'm a lawyer. The information I share on the podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or legal opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. Ladies, I am so excited about today's guest, Laura Posey. Laura, welcome to Hourly to Exit. Thanks for having me today, Erin. Excited to be here. Well, we have a ton to talk about, but before we get started, would you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so I'm Laura Posey. I live here in Richmond, Virginia. And my whole job, what I do all day, every day is working with coaches and consultants to show them how to plan their entire year on one sheet of paper and then how to get it all done. That is amazing. There's not a single person listening to this episode right now who does not want an easier and simpler way to get things done. So this is going to be tremendously helpful to everyone. So I was looking at a recent webinar that you had on LinkedIn, where you talked about using your framework to plan your entire 2023 on a single piece of paper and be prepared for success no matter what the economy does. And so when I think about your one page business plan, the simple success plan, Mm -hmm. I think about something that I like to talk about, which is, is there a Rembrandt in your attic? And basically that is in business terms, not in literally Rembrandts, but in business terms where we have that hidden undervalued asset that we just use in our business all the time. And we don't even realize how valuable it is because maybe we haven't even put it in paper. We just go through the process. Every time we bring in a client, we go through the process every time we create a deliverable, we go through that process. And it's just part of what we do every day. And we're not thinking about the independent value that it may have. But when we talk when we look at whether or not you have a Rembrandt in your attic, we look at all those internal processes and how do we systematize them if they aren't already, formalize them if we want to use them to say, train people internally to do what you do or to license it to other people to do what you do, or to turn it into a product that you can sell separately or have available separately. So when I think about your simple success plan, I'm wondering, like, is that the process that you went through from services to framework to product? Yeah, I think the way so many things start is I needed it for myself. And so I created it for myself. And it worked really well. So I was like, well, let me see if this works with my clients. And so, yeah, started doing that with clients. And then over the years, it's just evolved and grown as I've gotten better at what I do. Now it's really the center of everything that we do. Like, I just don't work with anybody now unless we have a plan in place first, because Mm -hmm. we all need to know 
what we're trying to accomplish, where we're going, what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, you say the one page plan generated over $2 million in your business. By that, do you mean that's how you created your business or that's how you use it, exploit it, and there or both? A little bit of both. I always talk in when I'm talking to folks about what I call a front door offer. And it's the door you bring everybody in. And then once they're in, then there's all sorts of other stuff that you can do with them. And it's just been my front door offer for so long now mm-hmm. because it just sets the foundation for everything. Right. Yeah. So not all my money comes directly from planning, but it all starts with planning. Well, let's back up and talk about like, yeah. who is your client? Why do they come to you and how yeah. do you help them? So my clients are generally coaches and consultants. They're in the five, maybe they've hit low six figures. And they don't want to scale. Like they're not trying to have a giant team and rule the world. They just want to have a really kick-ass lifestyle. They want to make 250 a year personally in their bank account. Maybe they've got a part-time VA, somebody to do their web stuff for them. And they just want to show up and do great work and get paid really well and have a lot of freedom and free time to live the rest of their life and spend the money that they're earning. Yeah, I will say that has been me for many, many years <laughs> until recently I've been looking at doing other kind of more scalable stuff and expanding. But that was absolutely having that flexibility and be able to go to the tennis match if you want to and be able to hype with the dog yeah. if you want to, but still have use your expertise and be able to do good work at the same time. Exactly. And is there something, so what are they feeling then? Like, what is their pain when they go, I need to go talk to Laura? Yeah. So generally they're at that place where they've bought every online course that there is on marketing and LinkedIn strategies and lead generation and God only knows what else. Now it's all about AI, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. buying all the AI stuff. And they're just like, none of this is working. I don't know how to put all this together. I know all this stuff and I'm still not earning enough money. So I sit down with them and say like, you've got all the pieces, parts that you need, probably nothing else that you need to learn. You just need to put it in the right order. You got to start with like, what do you really want in life? Like, let's get really serious about your lifestyle and figure out how much that's going to cost. And then let's build a business to deliver what it is that you really are looking for. And so we walk through a plan when we look at the basic stuff, like what are your goals? But We look at money goals, but how much time do you want to take off? How do you want to feel in your business? What's on your bucket list that you want to get done that you're actually going to get done this year? Like, what are you committed to doing that's like super fun or super interesting? And then we start looking at what are the changes that have to happen in your business if you're going to make the money that you want to make. And so I use a framework because I love frameworks that I built called the success circle. And it looks at the 12 areas of your business. And we literally like colored in like the, you remember the old life wheels mm-hmm. and you would color in little pieces of pie to see how well your wheel rolled. You do the same thing for business and it helps people realize like, oh, this is where I need to actually invest more time and money. This is what's holding me back. So we start putting together like what are the projects that need to happen to make those changes and then how are we going to get them done? It sounds like prioritizing. Yeah. Because you can't yeah, do it all. Yeah. And I think so often it's just folks are putting all their time and energy into the wrong things. They're often getting the cart before the horse. 
it doesn't matter how good your lead gen is. If you don't know who your target audience is, if you don't mm -hmm. have a good offer, mm -hmm. like a really good offer, if you don't have good core messaging, if you don't know what your buyer's journey is, it doesn't matter how good your lead gen is. Like you're just going to piss them away. So let's get those things in place first. Right. And we can start talking about lead gen. And you probably already know everything you need to know about lead gen. And it's not working because you haven't done all the other stuff first. Yeah, that is so true because I find that a lot of business coaches are trying to turn us who aren't marketers into marketers. Yeah. And I'm not a marketer. I will never be a marketer. Right. <laughs> I know what I know. I don't know. And so I just need answers for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I need to move on. I don't want to become an expert marketer. And so just kind of getting to the basics and getting to like, so we can start implementing and executing on right. whatever the process will be. Who should I have conversations with? What offer am I going to make to them? How am I going to frame that offer in a way that they go, oh my God, where have you been all my life? What does it take to get them to where they're ready to have a conversation? And it's just conversations. You don't need a fancy website. You don't need automation. You don't need mm -hmm. any of that mess. All right. If you can talk to another human being, well, you're good. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to a colleague of mine who was starting a new business without a website. And she was doing it because she just hadn't gotten to it. Yeah. <laughs> but she had all these contacts and her, yeah. basically her business is putting people together. So like yeah. I can talk to people. That's what I do. And right. I sales without a website, which we now think is unthinkable. One of the yeah. things that makes me insane is I'll just make my little one IP yeah. little detour is how focused people are on trademarks. Like the first thing people mm -hmm. want to talk about is trademarks. I'm like, who cares? Right. <laughs> Do you have a solution that people right. care about or not? Who cares what it's called? <laughs> oh, but I got this sexy logo. Man, I don't want anybody to take my logo. Exactly. All right, whatever. Yes. Let's get to the basics. I love that. Okay. So for our evolution of like having a framework and kind of productizing it mm -hmm. and using it as a lead generator. How did that process look for you? Something that happened organically and you just like, oh, what a lot will it lock? Did someone help you formulate that? Did you use a lawyer for any part of it? How did that look for you? It's definitely been an iterative process. I started selling it literally just one-on-one, -on -one, like to people that I knew. I did a lot of speaking at one time. So when you're on a stage, like whoever's facing the back of the room is the intelligent one. People just believe what you say when you stand on a stage. And so I would get up there and I'd talk about planning and people would come up to me afterwards and go, wow, I really want to learn more about that. Let's have a conversation. Okay, great. We'd make the sale. And I'd work with them one-on-one. -on -one. And so then I just started thinking like, well, I'm tired of traveling. And the one-on-one -on -one is okay, but I really want to reach a broader audience. Mm -hmm. And so I just looked at, okay, what do I do with the individual people that works? What is the process that I take them through? And then looking at that and say, well, how would I take a group of people through this process? What would be different? And how would I manage that group? And how much time do they need? Like when it's one-on-one, -on -one, we just lock ourselves in a room for a day and we crank it out. But if you've got 100 people, you can't get it done in one day. So I just started looking at like, okay, well, what does it take to how much time are people going to need to take this idea that they've learned and get it done 
so we can go on to the next idea. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try it. How many people can I do in a one day? Well, I can deliver the content. I just can't help everybody. And so then I was like, well, let me just make it an online course. Instead of me repeating myself all the time, let me just record everything, all the training, add a workbook to it, a traditional online course. And then it just becomes a marketing exercise, right? That's where you do turn into a marketer. Right. right. Uh, that's where I sort of got my marketing chops was marketing my own stuff. And then I realized like nobody's life changes from taking an online course. Because most of the time they don't finish it. And it doesn't matter. Like I tried every kind of thing I could think of to like if somebody stopped moving forward to nudge them and I just couldn't get people to finish. And so what if I just do it live? Like what if I just do the training live and answer the questions live and we'll do the work on the calls live and just stretch it out? And how will that work? And that seems to be the magic formula right now. Yeah. I just do it with 100, 150, 200 people at a time. That's Um, a big cohort. Wow. It is. And I've got a co-coach that is on the call with me. So she's kind of running the back end and the chat and everything. So I can just show up and do. And it works really, really well. Like people actually get stuff done. It is super important to have that live component. It is just so important. (laughs) It is. And I think it's just completely scalable. Like I was thinking about it the other day. And I was like, well, how many people could we handle on a call? I'm like, we could do 500 and we could do 500 with the team I have right now. Like, all right, let's see what that would look like. Well, that is kind of a daunting couple of things. Everyone kind of gets the need to to scale, to go from the one-to-one model to the one-to-many model. Yeah. But they're not sure how it looks. But there are a couple of things that I think prevent them from making that leap. One is just, I get paid more for the one-on-one stuff than I do for the one-to-many. Is it going to cannibalize my one-to-one work? How will those clients view me? If there's the worry about cannibalizing kind of the premium work, let's call it. And then the other is how do I... If I have a relationship-based, referral-based business, how do I grow an audience to be able to sell one-to-many? Yeah. So the first question in my experience has been that the one-to-many actually supports the one-on-one and I end up with more one-to-one than I want Mm -hmm. because of the one-to-many. Because what happens is they come in to the one-to-many environment and they go, "Mm, I need more right? I'm a bigger business. I just need more. Can I talk to you about that? Do you do that? And so Mm -hmm. then we have the conversation and it goes from a thousand dollar sale to a $20,000 sale. And it's like, okay, yeah, can do that. So rather than being a replacement, it's more like another ladder on the step of what more intense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, again, like I bring everybody in that one door Right? And some of the folks that come through that one door go, no, I need a whole lot more. So we just have the conversation and then we move into the one-on-one. So I think it actually helps you to have one-to-many. The list piece, right? Everybody's like, email's dead, blah, 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 blah. I've been hearing that for 15 years. <laughs> it still works. The beauty of email is that it is an asset that you own, right? You have these addresses that you can use. And yes, some of them are bad and blah, blah, blah. But 
you have people that you can communicate with whenever you want to. And so growing that list, I think, is really, really important. I'm not a giant fan of building your business on somebody else's platform. Mm-hmm. So like Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and blah, 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 whatever the newest thing is. Doing TikTok videos and I mean, just TikTok recently, states are going, hey, we're banning TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. in pretty big states, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know anybody that's banning email. Mm-hmm. So I think it's super helpful to start building your list. And easiest way I've found to build a list is one, to speak. Mm-hmm podcasts, on stages, at your local chamber of commerce, wherever your people are, go speak. And even if you don't get paid to speak right away, get in front of people and offer them something. Mm -hmm. Have a free something that supplements the whatever you're talking about. And about 80% of your audience will opt in. And so if you think about that, okay, if I'm talking to 200 people, I got at least 150 new names to add to my email list. And they're op- like they're on their phone texting the code right. and they're getting the stuff. And that's just a one-to-many way to build a list. You know, it's interesting what you mentioned about TikTok because I hadn't even thought about it because we pre the issues that we're having in 2023, yeah. <laughs> we've been told to make sure you own kind of your audience. And so you, yeah. you're collecting those emails, even if you don't have a list that you have that, a yeah. way to reach out to them. But the world is getting more volatile with issues like TikTok, with Twitter. I mean, people who had massive Twitter and maybe that's the less viable things that are going on with Facebook. And so you really yeah. are more vulnerable than we ever have been when we're trying to build yeah any asset on somebody else's platform yeah absolutely yeah that is crazy there's a reason they call it rented media right and if you're building on rented land right somebody can come along and take your house whenever they feel like it (laughs) right they can change the algorithm i know like with facebook advertising when apple came in with all the privacy restrictions Mm -hmm. it devastated absolutely devastated some folk because their entire business was built around Facebook advertising and this data that they could no longer get. It, they lost it, access to the data. Yeah. So it used to be when you went into to set up Facebook ads, I mean, you could set up, you could build audiences by all sorts of stuff you should not know about people. Mm-hmm. And when somebody would opt in through an Apple device and certainly Windows devices as well, Facebook would gather whatever information they could from that device and learn all sorts of stuff about you, Mm -hmm. right? That they could then resell to advertisers. And Apple put the kibosh on that. And so now suddenly Facebook is going, well, we don't know as much as we (laughs) thought we did. And the stuff that we do know, we're not allowed to tell you anymore. And so Mm -hmm. it really wrecked a lot of people's businesses. And so I am a big fan of having multiple streams of lead generation Mm -hmm. and build some on the socials. Just don't make it everything, right? Build stuff on stages. But as the pandemic taught us, stages change. Stages change. Yes, absolutely. Again, like I know lots of people who were stage speakers whose businesses disappeared overnight. I have a colleague who had a $700,000 business just disappear overnight. That was the entirety of his business was live, doing live. Yeah, it just went away. 
pivoted pretty quickly. Right. But, so just lessons learned and having watched a lot of people get in big trouble. You diversify your assets, building your email list is an asset, diversify. Absolutely. Well, speaking of assets, I mean, with your simple success plan, is it registered in the copyright office? Does it have a trademark? How does it you deal with the IP part of that? Yes. So the simple success plan is a registered trademark. Mm-hmm. I have the paper around here somewhere. <laughs> I can look it up. Yes, I used an attorney. I'm um, laughing. Yeah, because I didn't want to deal with that crap. Like I, I don't I want just to deal with that, that crap. You definitely yeah, don't. and I've been on the other side of things like the originally the simple success plan was called the one page strategic plan. Mm, and as it turns out, somebody owns, somebody has a trademark on the one page for like a ridiculous number of codes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he sent me a very nice email and said, hey, I own that. Was it nice? It was. Okay. It, it was yeah. nice. And we had a conversation and <laughs> I've been on that. Like I had a business little side business and I got an email from, or I got a letter from Media General, the attorneys for Media General letting mm-hmm. me know in no uncertain terms that they own the trademark for the term Virginia business when it comes to any sort of publication. That is shocking to me what people were right? able to get trademarks for. Yes. I mean, like you could never today, but there was a time yeah. you could get. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to win this battle. So <laughs> yeah. we'll change the name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Virginia business. Wow. I was curious about the weather channel when I saw like when I noticed like how do you get a trademark yeah. on the weather channel? <laughs> like well, <laughs> Intel owns pretty much it, any word followed by inside. I have um, a friend who started a business called Brand Inside. They do branding, but they do like internal branding and employee development and mm-hmm. stuff. And Intel sent them a very strongly worded letter letting them know that they were in violation of their trade and i'm like wait a minute they make chips and this is a service marketing company what the hell and intel Uh was like no we own all that shit wow (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) crazy right that is crazy i guess it falls into the super trademark category of things like anything that's even associated with these like massive trademarks kind of they just gobble everything up which is pretty obnoxious but it's what it is (laughs) exactly but i want to kind of go back to the point like if you'd not been able to get simple success plan you couldn't get the first one you wanted i mean there's another one at the end of the day the value in the trademark is the transformation that you provide and you can slap whatever name you want on there. Yeah, who cares what it's called? Yeah, it is. Yes, exactly. But once you do have, you're known for that transformation, you do want to make sure that everyone knows that's yours and therefore that's why you want that trademark so they know it's your idea. But we should not let the tail wag the dog. Is that what it is? Yeah. (laughs) That we gotta have. Well, it gets into that getting bogged down in minutia that isn't growing your business. Right. Right. Like I see folks are like just obsessed about their website mm-hmm. and they're spending hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, you don't have any traffic. <laughs> like nobody's going to see it. Like just exactly right. put up a nice looking page, got some info on it. You can add more later. Yeah. It's a website. Yeah. I'm sure we've all been 
guilty of that for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I, but like, these are all lessons. Like when I say, God, it drives me crazy when people do this. It's because I've done it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've learned not to do it because I watched it fail. Well, we are about halfway through, gosh, we are halfway through 2023. So I don't know how that happened exactly. Insane. (laughs) Insane. But what new happened in 2023? I used to ask, what do we see ahead for 2023? But now I'm going to have to say, ask what kind of changes happened in 2023 as we were coming out of the pandemic and people quite quitting and all kind of gig economy. Like what's going on? I think it's the rise of AI. Like that's what I'm seeing in the world. I hear so many folks going, oh, I need to learn AI. And I'm like, do you even know what it is or what it does? Like you just, you've heard you need to learn it. And I keep, people are like, oh, it can write all your, it can do all your copywriting. It can do all of this. It can do this. It can do this. It's like, it's going to work all this magic for you. And I'm like, well, yeah, it does a lot of stuff, but you still got to have the right prompts and like there's work that goes into it. And I think there's still just no substitute for humans getting together, even on Zoom, talking. AI does not have a personality. AI has no EQ. AI can't read the room. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, we can do a promotional video using AI. I don't know how to do it, but somebody could do that. I could say, I need a video though of me, Mm -hmm. fake me. Right. Talking about this. And I could get AI to write the script and da, 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 but it's going to suck. Right. Or I could just sit down and record a video and talk about what I need to talk about mm-hmm. and let people see the real human who makes mistakes and has, doesn't do hair and makeup and is just like a normal person. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, like if what you do is something that someone could six months ago could have gone on Google and figured out without you then you're in the same position. Like you need to right. get where you should right. be. If you're an expert, yeah. it shouldn't be just out there for somebody else to like kind of sift through a database and come up with whatever it is that you do that's special for getting right. with your clients. That still is necessary to differentiate you from everybody else. It's crazy. I mean, they, the things that I see people building as businesses and I'm just like, I'm pretty sure a machine does that already. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you doing it differently than the machine? Like, I love my accountant. I adore my accountant. Fabulous person, right? But my accountant doesn't give me tax strategies. She just takes all the junk I give her and puts all the numbers in the right boxes and mm-hmm. makes things balanced because I don't really care about doing that. Right. Right. I'm pretty sure a machine can do that because... There's software out there that does yeah. it. Well, and, yes, they have yes. <laughs> she just takes my junk and puts it into this software that she uses, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, how long is that going to be like a job? Yeah, if you're not providing some type of strategic advice behind that, you're not able to like say, okay, Laura, what do you want retirement to look like? Let's figure out and lifestyle issues and yeah. how do you finance them and how it has to be something other than just the numbers. Or if you are a writer, it has to be something more than just putting together some web pages. It has to be something unique. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, AI can write your book report for you because book report isn't necessarily your opinion. Right. And AI is going to be better at the research. So if you're just putting out facts and regurgitating stuff other people have said, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, AI is going to eat your lunch. But yeah, if you actually have an opinion and a strategy and a viewpoint, a framework. Yes. All those things. Love that. All right. So as you know, this is the Hourly to Exit podcast where I encourage female founders of expertise-based businesses to build a business that they can hopefully sell someday. So as the female founder of an expertise-based business, do you have plans to sell your business? What's the next chapter for your business? Yeah. So I actually have somebody who wants to buy it and I just keep Mm -hmm. pushing him away because I want to get the valuation up Mm -hmm. significantly higher. Mm -hmm. I also have a colleague who would be like the perfect fit to take it over. Mm -hmm. And so we're just starting to have some discussions. I'm not anywhere close to ready to go. I'm just having way too much fun. (laughs) So that's um, the beauty of building a business that you love. Like there's no urgency to, yeah. I've built it to suit my lifestyle. And so I work really hard in the winter and then I take summers off and the rest of the time I work about three days a week and that totally suits me. And Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, I love the income. Like it's just nothing like getting the check that every two weeks it's like, well, So when you Uh, talk about increasing the valuation, like, is there something specifically that you're working on to help do that? Yeah. So it's always about replacing yourself, right? People want to buy your cash flow. They don't want to buy your IP. And so it's creating the machine that anybody can run, right? And like the guy that wants it, he's got other properties and other lists and other experts who do different things. He just doesn't have this piece. And so it's a nice addition to his puzzle. And so he'll just market my stuff to all of his other lists and market all of his other stuff to my list. And because everything can be delivered in a pretty turnkey manner, and obviously he can replace me for less than what I cost. Right. So it'll throw off a pretty good amount of cash, but yeah, we know that revenue generator is your IP, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It no, I totally get that. It's the thing is though. So just for as an example, I have a good friend colleague who is the most magnificent IP I've ever seen. I mean, it is so. Her frameworks are beautiful. Her books. I mean, big corporate clients like the whole nine yards. But she never built anything outside of herself. Mm -hmm. other than the IP. And she tried for probably four or five years to sell the IP and could not get a buyer. Yeah, it's not, we don't create IP like just because it's pretty. Right. It is the leverage that we get out of it. Like how we deploy it. That is where- Exactly. And she just Mm -hmm. never trained anybody to do Mm -hmm. what she does. And so she was going to, she was trying to, People just said, we'll just like, wait for like you to retire yeah. and then we'll just go get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't mean that as a slam. Yeah, no, no, it's I okay. Wouldn't where, I wouldn't be where I am without all of my IP. Right. I mean, that's what's gotten me here. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. that's how we get out of the selling our time business is by creating right. these things that yes, can, can exactly. uh, generate revenue without us. Yes. All right. That's the key is the generate revenue. <laughs> I mean, people want to buy your cash flow. And if you are 100% responsible for your cash flow, when you retire, there's no cash flow. Exactly. Unless you, you want to become an employee. Yeah. Yes. 
All right. So one of our missions here is to create more wealth in the hands of women, to create an economy that works for more of us. And so I love to introduce the audience to organizations who are doing great work in that area. Is there one that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, there's a group here in Richmond called Safe Harbor, and they help women who are in abusive relationships safely get out with their kids. They help set them up in new careers, new houses, absolutely everything they need. Mm -hmm. They take care of all the legal work as well to make sure that they have all the protections that they need. And they're just a great organization. Love it. Thank you. So we'll have that in the show notes so everyone can find them and support their work. And so I know you have an offer as well, some goodies that you'd like to share with the audience as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of giving people free stuff because Mm -hmm. it's useful. So I have a a single sheet of paper. It's called the Daily Success Checklist. You do like fill it out every single day and it keeps you focused on your long-term goals, keeps you focused on your projects that you're working on right now, keeps you focused on the things that make you a healthy, whole human being. And it keeps you focused on the most important tasks that you need to get done each day. And then it helps you end the day with a reflection so that when you finish that piece, you are done with work for the day, whether that's at 10 Mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning or Mm six o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And you can walk away knowing that you have done everything that you needed to do today to move things forward. It's settled. You can go leave work and be a whole human being. You can be present with your family. You can be present in your life and not be thinking about work all the time. And not wake up in the 3 a.m. Not that that ever happens to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just a fabulous tool for just looking at it because it's one sheet of paper. It's like, this is what I can get accomplished today. Mm -hmm. And so you do exactly what you are capable of doing that day and then you're done. Mm -hmm. And so there's not this endless list that's haunting you and hanging over your head. And it's always keeping you focused on the important things Mm -hmm. that are really driving the business forward. And there's room in there for all the little petty stuff that has to get done, because let's Mm -hmm. face it, there's little petty stuff that has to get done. But it's my number one tool for focusing and getting stuff done. And so you can just hop over to the website. It's simplesuccessplans.com forward slash daily. Great. And download it. And there's a whole tutorial video and downloads and fillable versions and printable versions. And all that, all Fantastic. Stuff. Well, I need one of those because I do have some of those 3 a.m. moments too often. So yeah, no, we'll, get you, we'll get you, with, <laughs> yeah. get you out of those. Fix me up. So yeah. we will have the links to all of those in the show notes as well. Where else can people find you? Easiest place is to just hit me up on my website. I mean, you can find me on Facebook. I have a LinkedIn profile. I never hang out there. <laughs> I hang out on Facebook. I'm not an Insta gal. Mm-hmm. Again, like I have a profile. I don't do anything. Right. So yeah, hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on the website. You can just shoot me an email and ask me questions. I love to talk about business and meet new people. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Laura. You've been tremendously generous. And I know everyone want to follow up with you with those very helpful resources. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com 
backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe. And I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.